0: When I became a foster mom four years ago, I quickly realized there weren't many resources for foster or adoptive parents, much less for the millennial generation. That's where the Millennial Foster Mom podcast comes in. Welcome to a no-frills look at the journey of foster parenting. It's millennial motherhood with real chats about all things foster care, from navigating home visits, court hearings, bio parents, and quote-unquote, getting to attach. Please join me every week for an honest conversation about foster care and adoption as a millennial mom. Welcome to the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast. Welcome back to the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast. My name is Brittany, and I'm a millennial adoptive mom through foster care. My husband and I have had 10 kids in our home since we became licensed in 2016, and we have adopted four kids. We currently have four kids under nine, and our youngest is five, but if you'd like to hear more about our story and how we came to foster, please consider listening to season one, episode one, titled Our Foster Care Story. So, as you can tell from the title of this episode, a lot has happened in our lives this past year. And originally, when I wrapped up season one of the podcast, I had intended to return after a month's break. Um, But that just didn't happen. Um, I should have known that as a first-year teacher and a mom of four... The end of the school year doesn't slow down, it just amps up the craziness. So I really just want to say a genuine thank you to those of you who continue to listen to old episodes of the podcast or reached out to me through Instagram to see how I was or you know, what was going on. I know as a podcast listener myself, it can be really frustrating to be invested in a show and then the host just kind of ghosts you and disappears. So I'm really sorry I kind of fell off the face of the planet. Um, and I'm sorry if I made any of you feel that way because it was never my intention. Um, it was just really hard finding the time, you know, this year to put this at the forefront. And I'm so sorry that there was such a gap between season one and season two in the beginning. But I thank you so much for still following along. Um, I logged on to my anchor app the other day out of the blue and was just blown away at how the numbers have continued to rise. And I just genuinely really appreciate you know, you still listening and still following along. And I appreciate you. So before we really jump into this episode, I just want to kind of give an overview of our year um, and just tell you like what's been going on with this. Um, So this year was really busy, but good. Um, January through May was just kind of a blur of my first year of teaching in public school. And then for some crazy reason, I signed on to teach summer school in June. And it was just the first three weeks of summer and the pay was definitely nice, but it really led to some serious burnout on my end. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you are in your early years of teaching, do not sign up to teach summer school. Even if the pay is super, super good, you need that mental break. Um, and then football started for my oldest in July, and every Saturday from July to November, we had football with no bye week this year. And my oldest daughter cheered, and then Carson played soccer, and I thought this year would be a good year to also pursue my gifted endorsement, which I started in August, and it'll end in May, so I've also been in school, Um So it's got to be some kind of personal trauma response of my own to always take something on and never rest and to always want to please. My husband tells me all the time to relax and I honestly think sometimes I just don't know how. And I think a lot of moms can probably relate to that. If you just sit down, you just... You know, even if you're trying to relax and trying to read a book or watch a movie, you start thinking of all the things you could be doing and then you start feeling guilty. So that is definitely something that I need to work on in 2022. Um, I also volunteered to be a teacher sponsor for our Good News Club at school, which I love. And all of these things are good things, but it had just created such a busy time in our lives and it was, you know, surviving the day and getting through the day and the podcast. Unfortunately, was just one of those things I had to cut out because I could not, um, keep up with day-to-day tasks as well as keeping up with this. So, Please don't take all of that as complaining. I promise I'm not trying to because I did sign up or volunteer for all of it. Um, Life is just busy for everybody in one way or another. And it was still a really great year. Um, All of this to say... The podcast has continued to be a passion project of mine, even though things have changed for us in that area of our lives, um, which I'll talk more about in just a minute, but I still have a lot more to discuss and explore in the world of foster care and adoption. Um, The timing was just off this year, and so I'm really hoping that in 2022, I can make this a priority because I feel like there's still so much more to be said. And, you know, not just for foster care and adoption, but for motherhood as well. So to address the elephant in the room, we are no longer foster parents. So in this episode, I'm going to share why my thoughts and feelings are about closing that chapter and then what the future holds for us. So if you tuned in during season one, you already know that we became licensed foster parents in August of 2016 We had a few respite placements here and there, but our first placement didn't enter our lives until December 20th of that year, and his name was Carson. Um, He was two and ended up staying with us for 10 months until he reunified with his birth mother the following October. So during the 10 months that Carson was with us, our son, Corey, came to live with us with the intent to adopt. Um, His adoption was finalized in August of 2017. And this was a few months before Carson left us and reunified. So the boys got really close during that time. And the truth is, Carson leaving us to reunify was probably the hardest thing we have ever experienced. And I know looking back over the course of his time in foster care, like in hindsight, the reason was because he was meant to be a member of our family permanently. And our hearts were just shattered. So this is not to say that reunifications of foster placements are not painful, even if they leave and do not come back to your home. Um, For us personally, I think just looking back, the way that we grieved makes so much more sense now that we're on the other side. Um, So fast forward to Thanksgiving of 2018, and our daughters came to live with us with the intent to adopt. And then in January 2019, just as we were finding our footing as a family of five, Carson reentered foster care for reasons I won't go into, but we were just in the throes of trauma and the heartache that comes with reentering foster care, and that for the second time in his life, of the four years that he had lived on this earth, he was separated from his birth family again. Um, But deep down, I felt relief knowing that he was safe and that we would love him and pour into him no matter the direction his case went. So we went from, you know, having one child to having four children in about eight or nine weeks. So that was definitely an interesting time in our lives. So the interesting thing about a second entry into foster care is that it seemed to get even more complicated, maybe because he was now in a different county than the one he was originally placed with us in, in 2016. Papers that should have been filed during his reunification hearing almost two years prior hadn't been properly taken care of. There were definitely cracks in the system. I remember him getting picked up for daycare without my knowledge for an in-person visit, and I only learned about it through his daycare teacher. I knew as a foster parent I really didn't have any say when it came to the department, And part of me wanted to just scream at the disrespect of it all, but the other part of me knew that if adoption came up down the line, I wanted to be considered, and I didn't think yelling at a caseworker would help matters. So as Carson's case did progress, I definitely found my voice, um, and I really do feel like our home was pretty low maintenance as far as needing things for my caseworkers, except for a disruption we had just after the new year in 2018, but I do plan to discuss that in a later episode. So our foster care worker always mentioned how we were one of her easy families. We managed appointments and therapy and advocated for our kids when necessary. We saved receipts for things we were told were reimbursable. I always turned in medication logs late, but with four kids, do you blame me? We never really used respite care, and I'm not saying that Using respite care is a bad thing. Definitely use it if you need it. Um, we always asked for travel letters a month, if not more, in advance, and we didn't really need anything from our caseworkers except the update from hearings when we couldn't a- attend. Um, with Carson reentering our family, we lived our life as a family of six and as normally as possible. The only real reminders that we were technically an active foster family were the monthly home visits, which were mostly virtual due to. COVID, and then therapy appointments for the kids. So in early November 2020, there was another hearing slated. And at this point, Carson had been in foster care for almost two full years, not including his first placement with us. So On top of weddings, graduations, and so much more, court hearings were also delayed due to COVID in 2020, as many of you know. His case was coming to a head finally, and we were finally discussing the permanency options for him. It was at this hearing that his biological parents made the difficult decision to surrender their parental rights. So fast forward to June 2021, and just under 1,200 days spent in foster care, Caleb, formerly known as Carson on this podcast, was adopted by our family. So the day of Caleb's adoption was the last day we were officially a foster family. There were no forms to sign, no farewells or goodbye, really. The chapter of being a foster family was officially over. Um, And it's oddly kind of cathartic to think about. We were all excited in the courtroom, especially Caleb, to finally be adopted. And there were tears shed over his journey in foster care, finally coming to a close. Foster care has defined our lives for almost five years, and we really didn't know life without home visits and covering at least one of our child's faces on social media. We didn't know what life is like to have every person who lives under our roof share the same last name or to have to ask permission to leave the state or to document every milligram of children's ibuprofen or daily vitamin you give at placement and why we didn't know life without caseworkers in and out of our home, but now we do. And I'm not going to lie to you. It is really weird to not be a part of that anymore. I'm happy, but also a little sad. We didn't know parenthood without foster care. And so our lives have changed so much in the past five years It's really crazy to think about, but it is a good, weird, and we are so excited to be a permanent family of six, and I'll think of our time as foster parents fondly because it is how we met and brought home our four amazing kids, but there are hard times too, Foster care is very lonely and it opens you up like a can of worms to the world. People constantly feel entitled to ask extremely personal questions about you or your kids. And I have to use two hands and toes to count the amount of times I've been asked if we went into foster care because of fertility issues. Side note, the status of your uterus is nobody's business and you are not obligated to share anything about your fertility. And now that we are on the other side of foster care, I see the beauty and the brokenness for what it is more clearly. I can see where we are mistreated or our voices not heard. Some of that was to be expected, of course, but I can also see how privileged we were to walk this path and have four adoptions that were relatively smooth and quick. In terms of foster care, that is. Our kids didn't come out of foster care unscathed, and there are still behaviors and trauma responses we are working on. But it isn't unmanageable, and I fully believe that God put these children in our home because he knew we would fit together like puzzle pieces. Foster care will always hold a special place in my heart, And I don't see our advocacy for foster care ever changing, even though we aren't active anymore. It's kind of like being in a sorority or fraternity. You go through a grueling initiation process. There's a financial commitment. And even if you end up leaving after a few years or staying for a lifetime, the memories and the association with it will always be a part of you. So I've had a few people ask why we decided to close our home after Caleb was adopted and the truth is we have spent the last two years technically being an active open home but really we are at a standstill. We didn't have any other incoming or outgoing placements so we were just kind of floating. And in this time, there were a lot of changes as far as rules and regulations in our state for fostering younger kids. And with our oldest being nine, that would be our max age range. And I would love to have fostered a baby, but with the changing rules and us kind of running out of space in our home, it wouldn't have been in the cards for us most likely. We also felt that to help our four adopted children to heal and to settle, it would be best to close our home so we could focus on their needs. Like I said, our children didn't come out of foster care unscathed. Nobody does. We don't have any major trauma-related issues, but there are still things we needed to focus our attention on. And so, after almost five years in foster care, our time has ended. But it'll always be a part of our story and a part of our family. And as you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram. I've been off Facebook for years, so Instagram is my social media of choice. And usually it's not even on my phone. But occasionally I'll re-download the app just to check in with the people I follow. All that to say, I don't know if I will keep up with the foster families I have followed for years. I feel a deep connection to them as we've walked similar paths. But now that our home is officially closed, I kind of sometimes feel like an outsider looking in. It's only been six months since his adoption date, so I can only imagine this divide will grow. It is a weird feeling to feel so invested in somebody else's life. um, Someone you've probably never even met in real life, but to realize their posts are triggering. So I'm kind of just figuring it out as I go. I'm trying to navigate this post-foster parent life and how we can still support foster care even if there's a little bit of distance. I still have a lot of topics I want to cover regarding foster care and adoption and motherhood, so this podcast isn't going anywhere, even if I'm not always the best at posting regularly. I will do my best because I'm definitely not ready to shelf it. Just yet. And I feel like this episode was kind of a little bit of stream of consciousness. So if you've made it this far, thank you for listening and I appreciate you. Future episodes should be a little bit more structured. So if you tuned into season one, I had a series called Roses and Thorns, but I want to kind of modify that a little bit to be more of a snapshot of my week and just share a quick moment, whether something funny or something we've experienced. So one snapshot I'd like to share is something that stresses me out, and I don't know if others feel this way, but I'm going to share it anyway, and maybe you can relate, but going to the post office is absolutely torture for me. I thought about this today because I had to mail my niece and nephews their Christmas gifts, and why did I not just ship it directly from Amazon? Amazon. Well, it was before I found out that my brother would not be at my mom's house for Christmas. So my biggest freak out moment is the box dilemma. Is it BYOB, bring your own box, or do you use the ones that they have there? But then there's the whole packing tape issue. You can only use theirs on priority. So really, it is BYOPT bring your own packing tape. So I stop at the Dollar General by my house and I buy packing tape and tape up the Amazon box I am using to ship their presents in. I'm trying to be eco conscious here. And I tape up the box and even remember to bring a Sharpie with me so I could get it prepped in the car before going into the post office. I get in there and the lady looks at the box and I'm thinking like, oh Lord, what did I mess up? I forgot to put a return address on the box. So I had to borrow her Sharpie to write one on there. And this is just like the epitome of my post office trauma. I don't know why it stresses me out so bad, but it seems like every time I go in there, I forget something. And maybe you guys can relate, maybe not. Tell me something that stresses you out that most people don't get stressed out by. Maybe one of these days I'll get it right. Okay, and then the second snapshot, there might not always be two snapshots, but I just thought it was something funny that my five-year-old said this last weekend, and I wanted to share it because maybe it'll make you laugh, and we can all use more laughter. So my five-year-old daughter, she is our wild child and does not hesitate to speak her mind, So she got a Barbie doll as a gift from one of my husband's family members on Saturday. And she was playing with it when we got home. And she was putting it in the ball gown the doll came with. And she says, I can see her booby crack. She meant cleavage. She just didn't know the word. And later on that same day... Um, The boys were taking out the trash and they dropped some of the coffee grounds that were on top of the trash on the kitchen floor. And she referred to them as coffee rocks. I could not make this up if I tried. She says things all the time like this and doesn't even mean to be funny. But it cracks us up and I hope that that brought a smile to your face. So you might be wondering, after closing our home, what does our life look like now? Are we planning on adopting again? And the short answer is no. Um, We do not have plans to adopt. However, we don't necessarily feel like our family is complete yet until God gives us that sign. So currently we are looking on expanding our family biologically and exploring that route. Don't come at me. Um, This has been something off and on that we've talked about for the last couple of years and we are slowly, slowly exploring that route. So that is going to wrap up this episode of the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast. And man, does it feel good to be back. The Millennial Foster Mom Podcast can be found on almost any podcast listening app. If you listen through Apple Podcasts, I would so appreciate if you would leave a positive review. I'm up to 19 reviews so far. With more reviews and downloads, the podcast will show up in more searches and can reach more foster and adoptive moms. If you could please leave a review or a rating, I would so appreciate it. And a huge thank you to everyone who has already taken the time to leave a rating and review. The Millennial Foster Mom Podcast is created using an app called Anchor. So, if you'd like to connect, you can find me on the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast Instagram page, or you can email me at the Millennial Foster Mom Podcast at gmail.com. I promise I will try and be more diligent about checking the Instagram page now that season two is live. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and hanging in there this past year with me. I am very excited for 2022 and what it holds for this podcast. So remember, motherhood is hard no matter how you get there, but together we've got this mamas. Talk to you next week.